Welcome back to the Bloom Line. It's your host and content creator, Michelle, and I am so excited to have you guys back for another episode. You already know it is Women's History Month, so duh, we're celebrating our queens this month. And so I'm really excited for this episode because this is my first time actually like interacting her with her in real life, real life. Like we have this awkward um, kind of relationship on social media, so it's great to be able to have her on. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey guys, my name is Mina. I am 30 years old. I live currently in Orem, Utah. I work at a mixed martial arts gym teaching Muay Thai. And I met Michelle Dev through a, a mutual friend who just, I guess, gave her my book. And then Michelle Dev reached out to me. And now here we are. <laughs> Right? Oh my gosh. Princess is amazing. She is. She does. Yeah, she connects great people together. She does. Okay. So the way that I actually met Mina was through a mutual friend of ours, which is Princess. Yes. (laughs) We reconnected a little over a year ago and uh, we were just talking about a lot of different things. And next thing I know, I get a book in the mail. You know, I get a package, open it up, and it's a book in the mail. And I'm like, oh. So I'm like, oh, sweet. I got a book in the mail. <laughs> and so it had a little message in there saying, oh, this is, you know, a really good friend of mine from the conversations that we had. I think this book would be really great for you. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I didn't dive in, like, immediately. But it probably took like a week um, before I could actually sit down and and start reading the book. But as soon as I started reading it, I was so attached to that book. I took it everywhere (laughs) I went. And whenever I had a second to read, I would read it. And I would travel. I would be on the plane reading it. I would be on the bus reading it. No matter how I was traveling or wherever I was, I was reading that book every second I had a moment. So uh, your book was so inspiring to me, Um, and I actually passed the book on to another woman um, because, you know, I felt it was inspirational, and so I sent it to a friend that I thought would benefit from the book also, and so I have my little notes on the side highlighting, and that book I'm hoping will continue to bless other women as it blessed wow. me. Wow, so. that's so amazing. I mean, it's crazy for me to hear that just because it was so scary for me to put that out there. I mean, it's just my journal entries, right? And so to be able to hear from somebody who was able to be on the receiving end of those, I mean, of that kind of vulnerability and to know that I was able to connect, um, I don't know, that's just that's the mirror that's a miracle for me that's the blessing that is um the evidence that my fears like I'm grateful that my fears didn't hold me back um I don't know yeah that's that's just really like beautiful for me to hear that right now and just to hear it from your like own voice (laughs) so that's how our awkward silence of a relationship started on Instagram (laughs) because I started following her and tagging her in my stories every single time I would like see something and I thought it, I would share it with like, you know, my, my following on Instagram and I would just stalk <laughs> her and we would just message each other. And while I was in Utah, I was trying to meet her in person and it didn't quite work out, but you know, it is what it is. Here we are now on the bloom line and we're about to have an amazing conversation that we get to share our first experience with everyone else so yeah. I'm really happy that you're able to oh I'm it really worked out I like no joke I'm literally just sitting on my butt this week because I got into an accident last week a bit of a freak accident and so the fact that you contacted me when you did I mean the timing couldn't have been more perfect because I have all the time in the world right now that's funny yeah for for some reason yesterday morning I just felt like I need to reach out to uh sorry I'm Mina 
<laughs> Mina, is it okay? I'm sorry. I've been messing up everyone's name this week. Oh, good girl. <laughs> Mina, I'm sorry. I was like, I need to reach out to Mina today. And I had, I was like, mm, you know how sometimes when you get those prompts, you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> so I just kept moving throughout the day. And it came up again when I was on the phone with Princess. I was like, yo, something told me to reach out to Mina. And she was like, yeah, it would be perfect for her. Blah, blah, blah. Right now she's going through a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look at God. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't even know. So here we are. I didn't know that you had a freak accident. And that's when I went on your Instagram. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this girl's hair got bust wide open. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. I literally had a man fall on my head. So, yeah, I got plenty to share. Um, it definitely put me in a space where I feel like I just need to open my mouth. I need to continue sharing. I'm alive for a reason and, you know, have a, I guess, have insights and a truth to tell. So, yeah, I'm glad you reached out. I love that. So, as I started following her, you guys, it's crazy because she does kickboxing. <laughs> And I, I, I can't even say I train in boxing because it's whenever I can get there. But as I started following her, I was like, oh my gosh, we have so many similarities. And so when I started reading your book, I was able to instantly connect with it because of your journey through boxing. I was like, yes, this is so, this is so relative to my life right now because I started boxing training because I really wanted to train yeah. my mind and my body to respond in a way that it will just react. It knows what to do, just right. do it. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm listening and reading your book and I'm like, yes, girl. <laughs> That's exactly why I decided to do boxing training. And I wish um, my commitment level was at your level. Um, <laughs> we all start somewhere. <laughs> to be able to, like, man, to really be, like, consistent with it. Like, I try to get there probably, like, you know, three or four times a week. But lately, I've been so busy traveling and stuff, I haven't really been able yeah. to be there. But reading your book was so inspirational and the fact that these were like journal yes. entries this is like raw feelings and emotions and I was like oh my gosh I'd be so scared to um write stuff so vulnerable I guess even in my own journal knowing that people are not right. going to read it let alone you taking that and putting it out to the world in a book I was like oh <laughs> This is a whole nother level of vulnerability. <laughs> so, like, what was that process like? I feel like me even releasing one of mine would give me yeah. so much anxiety. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, I never, I mean, I would say I always knew, I feel like deep down in my heart, I always knew from when I was younger um, that I would write a book one day. But I thought it would be when I was, you know, 50 years old and wiser and I don't know rich or something or I you know you think you're more established and have I, I I mean that's how I imagined it um I never imagined and then let alone I never imagined that I would write a book um that was just a compilation of my journal entries and so when I was writing in my journal journal at the time I never intended for anyone to read the things that I wrote that was just my my therapy that was just a way for me to release. Um, I think, I believe now it, it's just a gift that God put inside me. It, it, and it became a language for me to communicate with God and for me to see myself. And then more than anything, I mean, I, I wrote this in the book. When I let my hand run free, I felt like God was speaking back to me. I would go back and read my journal entries and I would find personal revelation, inspiration and direction um, for the steps that I would need to take to continue. Uh, so my journals became a compass for me. But like I said, I, I don't want, like, I never intended for anyone to read the things that I wrote. And so oftentimes I would write in my journals and then I would hide it under my bed. I mean, I would lock it away. No one was ever supposed to read that stuff. And so it wasn't until uh, about, you know, four years into this healing journey that I was on when I finally came back from Thailand, because that's where my journey led me, 
that the inspiration hit me one day that it's time to write your book. And even then I thought, okay, uh, sure. So I sat down at the computer for like six hours and tried to like rack my brain and, and put down all these memories on paper, but it just didn't feel authentic. Something didn't feel right. Um, and then that's when the inspiration came to look at your journal. And when I did, I saw that it was all there and it was so simple and it was so raw. I mean, nothing could tell the truth better than me in that moment, you know, writing down those pure emotions that I was feeling at that time. And, and then that's when I knew. And I mean, the whole process in itself was healing to have to go through each journal entry and to have to face myself and then to have to decide, am I ready to let this go? Am I ready for people to, to see this truth about who I am, this reality, um, this shame that I've carried with me for so long? And, and that was a process in itself. It put me in therapy. I mean, there was a lot that I had to process in the year that it took me to compile that book together. But um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of background on that. Wow. Yeah, because I'm over <laughs> here, like, ain't nobody reading my journal entry. <laughs> I, I know, it is, I mean, nobody writes in their journals. I, I mean, I remember there were some entries that I would write, and I remember just thinking, no one will ever see this. If they see this, they will think that I'm crazy. They, people will put me in a mental institution for sure. And the funny thing is, I was working in a mental institution. I was working in a <laughs> in a psych hospital and then I here I am thinking like oh my gosh I'm no different than these patients I'm just like them and maybe they're better than me because they were actually getting help and here I was you know uh, in my closet you know writing these things down afraid for people to find out that I was in pain that I needed help um I tell you, writing that book was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because it, it, it gave me freedom. It gave me the ability to let go and to face myself and to just embrace all parts of who I am. And I'm not going to lie, though, when people tell me they re that they read my book or that they're reading my book, I do get a little bit of anxiety and I'm like, oh, crap. You know, I like, <laughs> what, what part of it? Yeah, what do they know about me? You know, are they judging me yet? Uh, do they think I'm crazy? But um. I feel like, so I continue to, I am continuing to like walk through that process and, and every time it, it forces me just to own myself and where I'm at and to remember that I'm still evolving. I'm still not the same person that I was. Um, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. I'm constantly learning and changing and transforming. And so that's also part of this process is that I, I thought that I had found freedom after I wrote the book but I'm continuing to find freedom within myself and and so the journey continues the the book's not over right I think that that was kind of like a a gateway yeah. to being okay with continuously finding yes, your freedom totally that's what yeah because that's how I feel like with this podcast. Like, I was terrified when I got the prompting to really start to put me out yes. there to the world. I had so much anxiety and stress. I was like, oh my God, these people are going to freaking think that I'm crazy. <laughs> because, you know, people know you to be a certain yes. kind of way. And so it's like, those are, oh, you know, Michelle you know, she's resilient. She's strong. She never has anything going on. She always is, you know, upbeat, go-getter, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But your book, man, it just was that extra push to be like, okay, if sis can do it, <laughs> I can do oh. it too. Because I thought, like, these people are going to freaking think that I'm crazy. Not even just the people on the outside as far as the world right. listening, but my people right. who knew me, who I was friends with for years, didn't know yes. these things yes. about me, you know? And so it was also one of those, like, freeing experiences of, like, oh, my gosh, I finally get to just be myself. 
and I'm not like this happy-go-lucky person all the time like I struggle with these things like these this is real stuff when I go home and the party is over like I have to look at myself in the mirror and I'm like I'm not happy what's happening with me right now so thank you so much for that courage girl because I'm telling you your book has given a lot of people courage and I'm just saying I'm one of them and just thank you so much but anyways reading this book I was just like there is just too much tea so I really don't know I really don't know where to start and so I downloaded your book too um so that I can have it digitally. So I'm strolling through, looking at, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. what, what did I have questions about? Okay. So we've all had that one guy that we string along or they oh. string us along. This dynamic was very yes. interesting. Oh gosh, I'm already like. <laughs> so this guy you guys were really good friends and it just didn't work out <laughs> yeah that's putting it really lightly <laughs> that's I mean you know because I want to inspire people yeah. to read your book I don't want right. to give them everything but I mean, it was a very unique dynamic where you guys were really good friends. Obviously, you guys were attracted to each other, liked each other more than friends. But it was like years of like, you know, experiences and heartbreaks and, you know, rebuilding. But you still loving him as a friend and giving him that. It was, girl, it was a a lot. I mean, you know what? I'm just going to get straight to it because I think I think the way that you put it is is the delusion that I lived in. But the reality is that mm-hmm. I was in a very unhealthy relationship with no boundaries. And while I felt extremely connected to this person, which I believe, you know, people come into our lives. One of the greatest things that one of my best friends ever told me, she's like, people come into your lives for a reason, yes, but not all of them come in to your life for good, with good intentions. You know, or sometimes people come into your life for a reason, but they're not meant to stay there as long as they do. There's there's always a breaking point. Mm. You know, I mean, some people are meant to stay forever. Um, some people are meant to stay for a season. But I think um, a, a healthy relationship is when two people are very aware and conscious of the decision that they're making to continue to move forward in each other's lives. And I lacked that awareness. I lacked that consciousness. I I was so lost in myself that, I mean, eventually I just really got strung along for years. Um, and I made the choice to stick around and stay. And I, I do believe that um, I was able to get to a place where I, I, I feel like I was able to find God and to find myself spiritually, that I was then be able, able to begin the journey to um, dig myself out but or to find my way out but um yeah that that relationship it was it was messy it was chaotic um this person was my best friend at the time and I loved I loved him dearly I really do I I'll own that but it was it was messy and and I think I think a lot of us find ourselves in relationships like that it's hard to know when to walk away from a relationship I mean that is that's full of heartbreak it hurts and um I feel for anyone that that is at a place in their life where they have to do that yeah wow I like that you said that was the delusion that you were living in but that was not necessarily the reality of the situation which It can be both, you know, you really did love him, but at the same time, it just was not a healthy situation. No. No. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. And I like that you said that it's a, it's a bit of a delusion because I think it's more so of that, like Christ-like Christian, um, you know, I guess ideal Mm -hmm. 
that we have when we say, oh, we still love this person and blah, 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 like, you know, but yeah, no, it wasn't a healthy situation. It yeah. just wasn't. Because you said two people have to mutually be on the same page as far as what, you know, both parties are getting out of this situation and that wasn't yeah. the case. And I mean, we have to see things. I think in order to really, for two parties to come together and make that kind of conscious, like very aware decision, they have to be aware of themselves, right? And I mm. feel like that mm. is what was lacking on both ends, was that we had two individuals who were both unhealthy, um, in unhealthy situations personally, that we could not even come together and make healthy decisions together, right? And so it was, and I, that's what made it so chaotic and so messy, was that I was not willing to come to terms with myself um, for a long time um, to, and to, you know, assess the situation and, and recognize what I needed to do, um, and neither was that person. And then even when I was ready to finally start making changes, it, it felt as though the other person wasn't willing accept the things that they needed to change within themselves um so I mean that's what just made it unhealthy it was never balanced it was never equal um usually it was one person catering to the other which was really me catering to everybody else's needs but my own I was a slave to everybody else around me because I really I didn't I didn't understand my worth and my value and and that was the journey that I had to take with God um Little by little, he began to open my eyes. It's been such a process. <laughs> to yeah, say to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. You know, I think that that's very um, honorable for you to say is that I just I didn't I didn't know my worth and I didn't know my value and through God is is how I started to learn that. I think that that's, that's amazing. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I, that, I only recently, honestly, only recently, I think have I been able to come to a place of even greater forgiveness of myself. Um, it's been interesting that that book covers the years from about 2014 to 20, the end of 2016. Um, 2017 is when I wrote the book. Teen to now, I've kind of moved forward. Right, it's the life after the book, and I'm in such a better place. And I've been in a place where my heart is continuing to open to allow people into my life to um, develop, uh, explore developing relationships with people again and letting love in. And um, more recently, I had this um, girl enter my life, and she is now a dear friend of mine. Um, she's 19 years old. And I remember I started, there were moments where I started feeling triggered by her, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, there was like this resistance to let her in my life. And I would, I remember I would have these moments where I'd consciously like recognize it. And I questioned like, what is going on? Like, what is your resistance to this girl when she is such just a special individual? She has such a pure heart. She, um, and then it hit me one day is that I saw so much of myself in her when I was 19. She reminded me of the girl that I was right before it all went to hell. And, um, and I feel like entering my life exposed still some of the resentment that I had towards myself, the lack of forgiveness that I was still carrying within myself, um, for my stupidity. And because that, again, 19 was the time when that guy entered my life, when I began to let just for, lose who I was and it all just spiraled, you know, out of control. And so, only now, more recently, have I discovered that I was still holding on to certain things, burdens, resentment towards myself. And more recently, have I been able to come to a place where of forgiveness um, and letting go and, and then being okay with the fact that I just, that's where I was at. I just didn't know better. Um, and, and so, yeah. 
Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it does make sense. I think um, sometimes, okay, so I'm going to see if this makes sense to you. You know, we go to school and um, they tell us that you're smart and you're able to do things or people tell you at a certain age, you should know how to do certain things and, um, or you should know better. Common sense is common sense. And so like society kind of grooms our minds in a way that um, at 19, we thought we were adults. And so you graduated high school. So that made you feel as if you were smart common sense should have been common sense then quote unquote right right? and so we hold on to those things not thinking like well heck who the heck taught us how to deal with our emotions and our feelings and how to properly being healthy relationships who taught us that nobody taught us that at 19 so society kind of made us feel like oh yeah you're smart you graduated high school you're 18 you're an adult like you should know this stuff and so that's the reason why we hold on to a whole bunch of crap because we think that oh yeah I was smart I knew that I should have known that you know beating ourselves up for things that no one had ever taught us right ever right it's it's just so beautiful I as I'm talking to you I just feel this and I was praying for this I prayed for I just always pray for my heart to be open, but I feel this sense of love for myself as I'm talking to you and just sharing these, these truths with you about where I'm at and what I went through. Um, Healing really does bring so much compassion and just to be able to again, share truth, but feel compassion for myself as I'm sharing it is such a beautiful place to be. And one it's miraculous for me to be able to be having this conversation with you and to say that I can honestly, genuinely feel compassion for myself as I'm talking about my 19-year-old self, the one that, where all the mistakes began, um, the time where I, be, I, I, I feel like that's where my loss of innocence came. And I don't know, now just to look at that 19-year-old self and just to want to give her a hug and just to tell her, like, it's absolutely okay with no judgment. Um, ah, I don't know. You know, I, I think that's why this world is in such need of healing. We're always constantly looking for solutions to bring peace into this world. But honestly, like, the greatest solution that this world needs is for all of us to take a good look in the mirror and to begin to do that healing work within ourselves. Because that's where true compassion comes from and forgiveness and love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so freeing. I have never felt more freedom in my entire life. And it just seems to be that God continues to open my heart to feel more and more freedom in ways that I never knew that I could just from being able to, to dive in and, and do the work, not by looking and pointing blame at anybody else, but really just learning about ourselves and, and learning how to forgive and, and to let go. Yeah, I think it's a unique concept a lot of people uh, don't grasp because it's not easy looking yourself in the mirror and saying, oh, crap. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'm not the person (laughs) that people think. I'm not this, like, you know, you're a good person, but, man, I got some crap underneath here. And so it's hard work looking yourself in the mirror and saying, I'm not my best self. And to admit that to yourself is... It's hard because there's no one else there to cheer you on and say, oh, no, you're okay. You're not that bad. You know, there's no cheerleader. There's just reality and the realness of standing in the mirror, looking at yourself and and admitting those things to yourself. It's hard work digging deep under things that you have suppressed over years. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people don't have that opportunity to even to do that you know they get married and they have kids or they're doing they're in school or like we get so caught up in the day-to-day where now I'm just like listen I need a minute (laughs) yeah I don't I'm gonna cancel that appointment I'm not gonna go to that meeting I need a minute and so now I make time for myself which is something again people don't teach right 
making time for yourself is not something that people teach you how to do. It's like, well, no, I have bills and things that I need to pay for and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, but I'm not going to be able to get to this job if I don't like take a day to get myself together. You know, it's just people want you to live at your mediocre self which is so bizarre to me where people don't want you to be at your fullest potential for whatever reason. It's like, what, what makes you think you get to take time out and go to therapy? Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I got all this stuff to do. Like you got time on your hands. Like, Oh, I'm making time because I'm not going to be good to anybody let alone myself, if I continue to just brush things underneath the surface. And once we start to dig deep, we find God because he's deep down in there under all that crap. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so I think our perception of God also changes. I, the more conversations I have with people, I realize um, their perceptions of God are extremely distorted. Um. And, and what I've discovered through this journey is, is just love. Like I said, forgiveness, patience, kindness, um, it, to, to levels that I never could comprehend before. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Um, it's God is beautiful. He's mm-hmm. so good to us. Um, and he's taught me so much about myself and continues to teach me things about myself that I just never never could have imagined um yeah it's 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 gorgeous it's beautiful I I'm kind of just in awe right now a little bit at a loss for words but I was reminded of this as you were talking I had this dream about a month ago and it's really interesting and it and it talks it has to do with I think it really encompasses of perception and um the way we see ourselves so it, it went like this I was driving in a car with uh I think I was with two friends and we end up getting into a car accident the car rolls and the next thing I know I'm I'm laying on the ground and I can feel the life being sucked out of me I know that I'm I'm dying I'm going unconscious and so then the scene changes and now I am I like and I open my eyes and I'm under like lights it looks like there's surgery being performed on me I see like the doctors and the lights like overhead and then I go out of conscious again. I lose consciousness again. And then the scene changes again. And this time, I, it seemed as though time had passed. Um, who knows? Maybe like six months or something like that since the surgery and the accident took place. And I'm, I can see people at a distance. I'm kind of just far off and I'm just observing almost what's what's going around on around me I'm observing the people around me observing how things have changed and trying to determine where I fit in what's my role now after time has changed um again but there's just a distance that I've placed between me and and these people and then the scene changes again and now I'm with my family and um I see my family and something had changed about them too but I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. And I had recognized within myself, I was being kind of ornery towards them. I, I had like a bit of an attitude. And then that's when my brother, he speaks up and he looks at me and he says, you don't get it, do you? And I say, get what? I'm surprised by his reaction. Um, and, and he says, just, you don't get, it was, what did he say? It was something along the lines of like, you don't get you know, what we, what we went through, like what we've given for you. Um, and then that was the first time that I looked down at my own hands and I see scars on them. And then I get this sinking feeling in my stomach and I, and I go to a mirror and then I look at myself in the mirror for the first time since the surgery and the accident happened. And I see that I have scars on my face and there's like, I can see like stitches and just I and I remember looking at myself thinking these were the exact words that came to my mind I'm a monster who could ever love me now and then I take a closer look into the mirror and I'm seeing just I I just see I'm I'm like kind of disgusted with myself 
But then something also hits me. And I remember looking back at my family and I finally understood what it was that was different about them. And it was that each of them had sacrificed something on their body to piece me back together and keep me alive. And so what I was looking at in the mirror at that moment was the product of all the people who had sacrificed something to keep me alive. Um, and it, it, it put me in a position where I could, I had a choice and it was all perception. I could either continue to view myself as though I were a monster and be ashamed of the way I looked, or I could accept that the very reason why I was alive and breathing was because of all the people who loved me. And then I woke up from my dream. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> and like, as you were going through it, I was like, man, like, I'm just thinking about like, symbolically, what did you do these like scenes mean? Yes. You know, like yes. doing surgery, somebody doing surgery on you. Who was that somebody? Was it Jesus? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, <probably>. yes. <laughs> I was like, was that the atonement? Like, <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, that's exactly it's, I mean, yeah, there's so much symbolism and, and you can pull it out and draw it out. And, and, and yeah, ultimately it, it is that, I mean, it is God, it is the atonement. It's, and, and then it's the love and it's how God works in the people all around us who are piecing us back together if we choose to let them in. But how even through all that beauty, if our, we still choose whether or not we want to let that love in, we choose whether or not we want to embrace it. We choose how we want to continue to live our lives. And I, and we choose how we want to see ourselves. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. I'm over here like, oh my goodness. I'm just <laughs> listening and I'm like, wow. Like all the symbolism, like I could, you know, I'm just tailoring it to me as you're telling your dream, but yeah. I'm just like, wow. Like, you know, that's crazy. Like, it, you know what? It's so funny because me and princess talks about it. She talks about how, like, when we came back in each other's lives, because um, when I first got the impression to do the podcast, it was very inspired. When I say it was nothing but the Lord, it was nothing but the Lord, because I was literally down, um, recovering um, from the hospital, I think, you know, I was, like, two weeks in at home, just in bed. I could yeah. not get out of bed, literally. Right. I was literally in bed. My mom was taking care of me and I got someone tagged me on Facebook and, you know, fast forward, here we are on the bloom line. It was very inspired. So Princess was one of the first people that I sent it to. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? Number one, she freaked out because she had no idea I had the ability to do certain things. And then she was <laughs> like, oh my freaking gosh, this is so amazing, right? Yeah. And I'm over here like really <laughs> with like no idea that I was like oh okay well I guess it is really good like you know yes. but I'm I'm just sitting there like oh wow like this was really inspired by God because I don't remember I mean I remember and I was conscious but I really felt like I was in a dream right just sitting at the computer just typing what I saw like it was almost like deja vu type situation right but her coming into my life as you're talking about this 19 year old coming <clears throat> back into your life mm -hmm. like us letting people in to love us and to help us even if it's triggering us to yes. help us get past those triggers you know what I mean yeah and princess coming back into my life we both always talk like oh my gosh thank you because you you opened up like another like gateway of me finding myself another way of uh, freedom and having that sisterhood you know what I mean yeah of women who just support you who love you who are going to kind of call you out on things and and help you to be able to grow it's so it's so beautiful it, it really is and so this is how I knew I was going to have you on my podcast real quick okay <laughs> yes tell me so you have a journal entry that was August 16, 2014, and it talks about, like, when you were at work, someone said something um, about once they heard when you lose someone, you, like, lose a part of you. 
And that's the time when you decided you were going to go to therapy. So there's always these little quotes that you put (laughs) on some of your entries. Yeah. And it said, the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of them all. (laughs) And I was like, oh, she has to come on my podcast. She has to. I mean, it's the word blooms. Uh, Hello. That's what we're all about. But during this journal entry is when it was a defining moment for you because you said I'm in so much pain I'm practically numb I lack the ability to love and care about anyone right now and I hate it I need help and you said I decided I'm going to see a therapist yeah wow wow I know I'm taking you back a little bit. You are. (laughs) You are taking me back. It's like when we say things out loud, even if it's in the form of writing, God hears those things. Hmm. And it's not until we say it out of our mouths, you know, and really feel that way in our heart where God will open up that, that door for us to be able to, like, get the healing that we need. So when you decided you was going to go to a therapist, like, what was that experience like? Because a lot of people know, like, something's not right. Right. I'm not feeling my best self. I know I need help. But that step to getting a therapist, that's a huge step. Not a lot of people cross that, that, you know, that line. Right. It's so interesting, you know, because at the time, I mean, I was working in a psychiatric hospital, right? So I'm the one that's helping others. And then not only that, I was at that point, I was still on the road to become a therapist myself. (laughs) I mean, that I believed that it was my and I still believe that it, it is that God put it in me, my purpose was to help other people. So it was extremely scary for me to be at a place where I realized to be that I couldn't help other people because I couldn't even help myself. Um, and then, and then not only that, I mean, it's just hard to accept that you even need that kind of help. And and there's, we care, we create this um, stigma in our mind about therapy. And, and what does that say about me? If I need to go to a therapist, what does that say about me? Who am I? You know, man, I must be really screwed up. Um those were all the thoughts that went through my head. So I was terrified. And then not only that, I didn't even know where to begin. I didn't know what I needed in a therapist. I didn't know what to look for. Uh, Luckily, uh, through my job, I had like benefits. And so um, they gave me some direction as far as where to go in order to, you know, qualify for those benefits. Um, But the process of finding a therapist, I tell people it's like dating. Don't just settle for the first person. You know, you got to you got to connect. You got to feel things out and it's okay to also walk away from somebody if you find if you feel like you're not making those connections or you're not um gaining what you you think you need to from your your sessions. And so, uh going to therapy, that that in itself is is an experience and being able to just like feel it out and see how it works for you is is just something that everybody, if anyone's looking into that or um, feeling like it's something that they want to explore, I would just say, you know, one step at a time, you know, find, just find someone that you can talk to and then, and then go from there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so great. I was just like, yep, she's coming on the blue line. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay to be afraid and that's one thing that I could never stress enough is that it's okay to be afraid. Um, we're all scared. And it's definitely okay to be afraid to, it's such a scary thing to talk to somebody about the things that you, you're carrying inside of you, to, to actually voice things that you've never voiced before, let alone to feel like you may do it with a stranger. Um, but but just being able to open that door is already the first step to letting go of shame, to finding that freedom. It, 
I I couldn't stress it enough. Therapy is is such a beautiful tool that has been that can be ta- that people I don't think take advantage of enough. It's so important to to just talk and to find your voice and I think therapy is a way that we can explore finding a voice without judgment. Mm. without judgment I think that that's a key point right there yes that that is the most important part of it all no judgment so tell me a little bit about like your journey of going to Thailand because your family thought you were insane you were crazy (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like okay (laughs) I felt it because I was like, I know I'm about to go on my own individual journey outside of everyone. And I was just like, they gonna have to deal with it because there comes a point in your life where like your healing or, you know, your personal happiness is it trumps what everyone else wants for you. You're tired of being this person that everyone says you should be. And you just want to become your own person. Yes. What was that like? Oh, man. It was, again, it was so scary. I don't think there's ever a place, a time in my life when I'm not scared. I feel like I'm just always scared. Um, But, I mean, this journey was very much one of self-exploration. And there were a lot of steps and, um, and decisions, prior decisions, that I had to make in order for this opportunity to even present itself. So I, I want to say that. Um, and of course, as you read the book, you can begin to see all the, all those little tiny decisions unfolding. And then a year later, a door opening for this big move to happen. So I originally only planned, I mean, Thailand happened because of the first decision I made to start boxing. And then a year later, the owner of my gym was going to Thailand to a training camp out there. And uh, we just got to talking one day, and then he asked me if I wanted to go. And me being half Thai, I just, I already felt, uh, I just kind of felt like a pull in that direction. And then I think in the past, what I would have done to an opportunity like that is just automatically shut it down. But again, because of all these tiny little decisions that I'd made prior, suddenly the door was open and I didn't have a reason not to go. And so my heart just like grabbed hold of that. And then there was something in my mind that, and, and in my heart that just told me that I would never have this opportunity again. It was, it was now or never. Um, and so I decided, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go to this training camp for, I decided on six weeks. I decided I was going to go for six weeks. Um, but once I, that was like the hardest part. And so for my family, when I told them that I was going to go, that's when they freaked out because they, I'd already made, again, decisions prior, one of them being not to go to grad school. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm this whole journey of self-exploration. I'm boxing and I'm just making all these decisions that seem so out of my character um, based on what I had shown them who I was before, right? Um, so they just thought I'd lost my mind. And then also knowing that I was coming out of, like, healing from this crazy relationship, it just seemed like, yeah, they thought I'd lost my mind. And, um, you know, their poor, their little girl is going to Thailand of all places. It just seemed like a dangerous thing to do and um, to go box, like, to fight. I mean, that sounds crazy, too. So, I completely understand where they were coming from, but I do feel like that's part of the journey that I had to take with God. It was, in a, in a sense, I, I see it as a test. I felt like God was, was testing my faith and my trust in him above all else. Um, and when I, when I finally did, you know, put that trust in him, I felt the pieces began to come together and even my family came around and, and they, they began to see the, the benefit and the beauty of the journey and, and supported me when, I mean, it set me up that, that first six weeks of me going there was the hardest thing for them to wrap their head around. But when I got there about three weeks in is when I felt 
the impression that I needed to move to Thailand. And it's crazy because I feel like my family handled that better than they handled me going there for six weeks. They were a lot more just finally open to the idea of, okay, she's going to move to Thailand now. All right. They just kind of picked up the pieces and, and supported me on, on that, which was a bigger decision. So God really came through and, and um, when something's right, and we have the faith to follow it, and we have the courage to follow that call. God provides a way. That I know. That is a truth that I have learned over and over and over again with every decision that I've made. Um, if we have the courage to follow God's call, then he always provides a way. I like that as you read through the book, even after you're getting there, I think there's a misconception that people think like, oh, yeah, when you're following, you know, the will of the Lord or you're following a prompting that it's good, you get confirmation to go and people expect everything to be like peachy clean, like nothing's going to happen. There's nothing wrong that's going to (laughs) happen. And so as you read the book, you're like, well, this happened with Ed and this happened with my debit card and this happened with (laughs) Yeah, I'm walking through the thing with this little lantern, and <laughs> yeah, there's nothing but resistance. <laughs> but you know, the the thing is that you know, even though you're going out on faith and you're doing what you feel and you know that is right, it doesn't mean that you're the only person in that equation. Right, there are other people who have the freedom to make choices, and so sometimes. You know, it's not, you know, peachy clean all the time. No. You're living in a world with, with other people. That's <laughs> like, right. So you can't expect everything to be, like, straight and proper and everything's going to be good and everything's going to be filled with joy. Like, you live in a world with other people. Yeah. So um, I, I love that throughout the book, your journal entries, it was like, oh, wait, dang, she can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. you know, that's and that's how we feel. We're like, dang, if it's not one thing, it's another thing. It's like back to back to back to back to back. And you're like, well, dang, this is supposed to be a healing process. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out when the healing starts. I, you know, and that's the thing is that we have this idea of what healing is supposed to look like. But I feel like everything that you've explained right there, that is the process. The process of healing is exposing all the crap. It's, it's, it's pulling out all the impurities, and that's painful. It's seeing things as they really are. And I have found that the way to really you, – you, you see people for who they are. You see yourself for who you are when you are faced with adversity, when you are faced with opposition. Those are the moments when you show up or you see other people show up and expose the best or the worst parts of themselves. And I've seen that time and time again. And just, I mean, most recently with this accident that I was in last week, I, it was adversity where I got to see myself. I got to see how far I've come and how I, I deal with, you know, um, how, I, how I deal with, you know, the unexpected and also how it, gave me an opportunity to see how who my support system is and how they could either show up or fall apart and I really had people show up man I mean in ways I never could have imagined or expected and so I'm grateful for adversity because it it shows you the truth it shows you reality that's what opposition is for and if we think that we can go through life everything just peachy going our way then man that's also an illusion because you're never really going to know then who you're, who the people are in your corner, right? Mm, you only know who the people also, that's, Yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal right there. Yep. Because you're right. They're either going to show up or they're going to exit stage right. Yep. It's, Go ahead. Yeah, right? And, and so, I mean, my process, my journey of healing has been filled with opposition. And, and that's also where my faith has been born because it's in every single moment of opposition where I was forced to make a choice to continue to believe in God's promise. He, there were promises that he made to me that he planted deep within my heart. And 
with every time opposition rose, I had to make a conscious choice to continue to believe or I could walk away. And I held on. Yeah. Triumph, overcoming, um, courage, resilience, bravery. That, that, that book, man, has all, that should be the cover. You know what I'm saying? It should just be those words all over that freaking cover of that book because vulnerability it's just yeah it it shows a lot of overcoming bravery um tenacity courage like it's just yeah that book is very powerful you guys are listening you guys need to go into the description box and make sure you click on her website and download the book you can download it you can order it I mean, it's a phenomenal book. But before we leave, girl, we're just going to talk about just one last thing. Because I want to know what's coming up. You know, I want to know if you have any projects or things that are coming up. But I want to know about what your love life is like now. <laughs> I, we just got two more things we got to touch on before we, <laughs> we uh. let these folks go. <laughs> so what's the love life like girl talk to me what is my love life like because <laughs> you know i'm always trying to advertise and support my queens that come on here i'm just saying these are some powerful women here guys i'm just saying um you know what i think exactly where i'm at right now today in this very moment my love life has been um, redirected back to me and uh, um, just I guess it my love life my love has been redirected back towards God and to myself um, and I feel in that regard um, just extremely hopeful for the man that was <laughs> is about to walk into my life, you know, down the road. I was for, for a while, I guess for these past, uh, I mean, almost year, I've been like focused on, um, dating, opening my heart. I've had a lot of, I, and in ways I didn't realize I had blinders on and these unrealistic expectations of what I thought I needed. Um, and what I thought was going to bring me happiness and little by little, it's all been shattered. Those perceptions have all been shattered. And I have been learning so much more about um, what it is that I'm looking for through dating um, and allowing people into my life. I'm being very vague right now, in a way. Um, and then just recently, very, very recently, I've come to a place where it's I'm back to focusing on myself. Um, and then as people come in or come in my life, I'm, I'm open, but my greatest focus right now, I think I've found holes in where I have not been fully loving myself and, mm -hmm. um, giving time to myself. I've almost become distracted from myself in a way. Um, and so I'm trying to reconnect again, slow down and reconnect with myself again. That's where I'm at. I just completely went in a roundabout way back to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could have been so much shorter. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. I think that um, I'm just going to go ahead and do a quick recap, okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I think only through interactions with the opposite sex, meaning like when you start dating or kind of opening yourself up to relationships again, you meet people. And uh, when you meet them, you get to know them. And sometimes you still find those gaps and holes and things where you need to kind of fix or kind of plug before you can honestly say that you're ready for like a relationship relationship. Yes. So that that can only take place when, when you're interacting in that space with, you know, uh, a man. You, yes. you don't know. How do you know that you're ready for a relationship? <laughs> If it's just you and Jesus, that's not going to work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you have to interact and you have to go through the motions of, okay, getting to know someone, 
those boundaries and those, you know, those lines that you know, you set to not cross your, those are things that you're working on over a period of time, but you can only do that when you open yourself up to dating. Yes. Exactly. Oh girl. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what happened. This past year became a time for me. I think, you know, those four, those years that I spent in Thailand writing the book, years for me to isolate those were years for me to be alone to to um take a journey with God on my own this past year has been one that's different it's one that required me now to open my heart to be vulnerable again to let my walls down and let people in mm-hmm. and just like you were saying it put me in a place where suddenly I would have to I would discover these triggers And I had to question, wait, is the past still, like, haunting me? Like, what's going on? Do I still got issues? Like, what's happening? Um, And and then just having to work through things. But I think what my journey gave me now were tools to navigate um, and tools also to empower me as I start allowing people to come into my life and learning about myself and figuring out what it is I want or where I need to set boundaries when it is time to walk away or when it's okay to let people in. And so, yes, I amen to what you just said, because that's exactly where I've been this past year. And um, I'm just learning to find balance and being able to love myself as well as love others. Um, Because it's always been, I think, one or the other for me. And so now I'm in a place where I'm trying to bring it together um, and yeah, there has been like, there have been people who've walked into my life, um, specific people for sure. And so I'm vague only because, you know, <laughs> those people are still in. <laughs> they might life. be listening. <laughs> yeah, they might be listening tomorrow. <laughs> um, but, but that's the reality of where I'm at. And, and it always, at the end of the day, I've just learned it always comes back to you. Um, the way you feel about yourself determines everything about the kind of relationship that you're going to um, attract into your life and that kind of, and the person. So, yeah, that's true. That's very true. So what's next? I mean, I know that you're going to be healing for the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I have no idea what's next. And isn't that the story of my life? <laughs> it really, really is. I stopped trying to figure it out. Currently I work at a mixed martial arts gym. I am, um, well, I had been training, but I, I teach, um, I work there. I've kind of just put a lot of my life there. I also work for, uh, recently started working for a nonprofit organization, um, that, um, helps women in recovery who, um, have dealt with, uh, child sexual abuse. And so, my role is actually helping um, part of their recovery is learning Muay Thai or they're given the opportunity to learn Muay Thai. And so I get to hold pads and provide them with that um, as just a part of their recovery. And it's been so cool, such a beautiful blessing. In a lot of ways, it's helped my own journey come full circle. And of course, there's still, you know, hope for the future and and there's so much that it could evolve into but that's where I'm at right now is just giving back so much of what I've been given um and just trying to create a a space for people to continue to explore themselves um where we go from here I have no idea but I do know that I am continuing to just yeah, heal and learn about myself. And as I do, I find this greater motivation to to share my voice and to share these truths and to share my story with other people. So I'm just kind of trying to stay open, but I'm also learning how to slow down because I'm always trying to move. So like, <laughs> I feel like God's like, slow down. And yeah, like, just pace you. yourself. <laughs> so I'm just trying to pace myself right now. And I'm just I'm just trusting and um, I'm just taking things one day at a time, but I feel really good. I feel really happy. I am in a place where I'm just learning to play again. I'm learning to just dance again, literally um, reconnect with parts of myself that I thought I'd lost that I'm finding are resurfacing. 
And it's been really beautiful. So that's where I'm at, is just reconnecting with myself, blooming, blooming where I am. And I have no oh idea, <laughs> I have no idea um, how, where that's going to take me. And that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm okay I, with that. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Blooming where I am at. Grow where you are planted, people. Yes. So. It is a real thing. It's not just a tagline. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much for joining us today I this yeah this is great I'm glad that we we're able to make this happen and um if you are not following us on Instagram on Snapchat no I don't have Snapchat no more <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on Snapchat anymore I'm lying y'all well I am but like I just been taking a break from Snapchat because there's just a lot going on, and, and too many social media platforms is just another yeah. 30 minutes to an hour of my time. So, <laughs> so, anyways, but her information will be in the description box, you guys. Make sure you connect with us on social media, on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at The Bloom Line, and email me, you guys. I haven't gotten emails in, like, a week. You guys are slacking. So, anyways, thanks for tuning in today. Be good to yourselves and be good to others. Peace.